morning, guys. This is uh, Tarun Chakrani. I am a former MBA from the Manchester Business School here in the UK. Uh, I we we're doing a podcast here with two of my former classmates uh, who have come to become uh, really good friends of mine. And you know, ten years on from the MBA, we've been. Uh, sort of bantering, chatting, uh, involved in a, each other's lives in, in various ways. And, you know, the MBA has been the aspect that's uh, brought us all together. So that's one aspect we're grateful for uh, about the MBA. And we thought we'd, you know, jump on this podcast together as, as the three of us and you know, look back on our time uh, on the MBA. What prompted us to, to go to the MBA? Uh, what was our experience during the MBA and, you know, reflecting on 10 years from the MBA, what sort of lessons did we learn, how things have shaped out and whether they were actually what we expected uh, from the MBA. So I'm joined uh, here in the UK uh, by uh, Mr. Finance and, you know, everything finance and everything money related. Uh, he calls himself <laughs> Mr. Creating Good Fortune. So. Uh, pleasure to introduce uh, K.S. Fernander. Hey, I'm also known as the Money PT. The Money PT. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot that one. There you go. Uh, so, so watch out for his uh, posts uh, and uh, you know, anything money related. Well, so you're getting an extra bit of education from him on the MBA, but you know anything finance or money related, he's the guy to go to. Uh, we're also joined from far away Delhi, India. Uh, Rohit likes to run away from the UK, uh, but Mr. Uh, Mystery and uh, the the sort of mysterious explorer of the internet, uh, we call him the Great Duda, uh, Rohit Dugal. Hey guys. That's all he says. Hey guys. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so the mystery alive. Mystery of life, there you go. See, he sees the man of mystery. Uh, James Bond sort of pales in comparison to him. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we're, we're on to episode two of what we call MBA Perspectives. Uh, we, the first one was about, you know, our, our search for the MBA and what led us to the MBA. Uh, this one is uh, about our experiences during the MBA. So part two, uh, I, I think the first question I put out there for all of us or uh, you two gentlemen is, uh, you know, what what were your first impressions when you got to the MBA to business school? Was it uh, in line with what you had expected? Either one of you. Brad, do you want to go first? Uh, you you go first. <laughs> okay. I think you're that the money PT. All <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay, so look, I think that it's a good question because it speaks to expectations. And to be totally honest with you, I don't think I had, and I'm trying to remember now, 10 years back, what my expectations were of the MBA. I don't think that I had any particular expectations other than meeting really interesting, high achieving people and being in a completely new environment from a physical standpoint but also just culturally coming into a, a different country and a different way of doing things so perhaps I was um, expecting just to be faced with those differences I 
would say that my first impressions were really positive. As you guys both know, and our listeners won't know this, I joined the NBA, I suppose, late or perhaps right on time, I think on, on the first day of class, by which, by which point everyone had already met each other and started to form relationships and, and suss out who people were, etc. So I came when all of that had already happened and people were, I suppose, fully into class mode and, and getting into the materials. So I would say that I, I got the impression that everybody was really uh, raring to go. They were energized. The campus itself was, was nice enough. You know, it, it, I suppose, met my expectations and, and, I, and I, felt, um, I felt welcome to campus. I didn't feel lost or, or in any way disoriented, I suppose. It was fairly straightforward. So, yeah, I think, I think the MBA got off to a good start for me in the sense that by the time as I got there, everybody was kind of getting ready to go. Um, any kind of issues, I suppose, that I had just came down to the fact that I, I just kind of came late and, and got thrown into the mix um, right away. But yeah, it was positive. What about you, Roy? So I think I'll echo some of what uh, KS said. Overall, uh, I remember the experience being uh, quite positive and pleasant. What uh, I did expect coming in was getting thrown in at the deep end of uh, you know, all things MBA, but that wasn't the case. Um, when I arrived, it was about a month before official lessons and classes started. So everybody arrived about a month early and uh, it was actually a great time to just to get to know people from around the world who would be your classmates and sort of like a mini family for the next uh, 18 months or so. Um, and just the social aspect is what I remember from back then. There were just way too many parties even before the NBA sort of kicked off. so There's no such thing as way too many parties, man. Um, I know, but you know, when you are not expecting those many and you get thrown into the deep end of the party <laughs> instead of the NBA <laughs> lessons, uh, it can come as a, a bit of a shock to the system, right? So, But anyway, so uh, all in all, it was like a positive experience just getting to meet uh, new classmates from all over the world, talking about how things work in different parts of the world. So uh, quite a multicultural, social, pretty chilled out experience, I would say. You guys touched on two interesting things. Uh, one, I'll come back to both. But first case, you talked about the cultural integration. Uh, were you expecting something vastly different? I mean, I know in the first one we talked about you having worked in the States and, you know, lived away from home. So was there, was there in, you know, maybe not expectation, but uh, what were you worried about from the cultural aspect? Just integrating or would it be totally different to what you, what you had experienced before? Yeah, so I had never studied in the UK, so I wasn't sure whether there were going to be any differences to how the MBA was going to be delivered and the instruction of, of the courses. I, I, I do remember having a little bit of a worry about that because I think I had the impression that the UK system of grading and assessment, all that kind of stuff was just like a little bit more complex maybe maybe not complex but just something i hadn't i just wasn't familiar with so i did worry because you know i was the kind of person who wanted to do well in the mba like that was really important for me to, to do well academically so I, I i worried about that from a cultural perspective 
Um, yeah, and I think just the just the bring coming together of different different cultures and people from around the world. I wasn't quite sure how I would necessarily fit in. You know, would I find my tribe? I wasn't coming from. Uh, a, a part of the world where many people go off to do MBAs. Um, I mean, yep. obviously, a lot of Americans go to to do MBAs, but but you know, I don't. I'm not American, even though I'm in the Americas. Um, right. Whereas, you know, there were big contingents of people from Latin America, big contingents from India, China. You know, there were big groups of like predetermined um, cultures, I suppose. So I, I did think like, how am I going to relate to these people? Um, but I quickly learned that, that <laughs> those assumptions about culture, uh, national culture and ethnic culture and things like that didn't really, at least for me and the people I ended up becoming close to didn't matter as much as how we got on as people, our work ethic, the things that were important to us, like what what we saw as fun, etc. Um, I think that is what I started to appreciate was the was the kind of overarching experience of the whole uh, MBA. That's that's interesting. So that's also a point Roy touched on that I was curious about because he said, you know, that a mini family for the next eighteen months sort of thing. Uh, Rohit, was that something that was a criteria for you when you were <coughs> looking at MBAs? Is like uh, the the type of people, or you know, the the diverse mix of people that are coming to a particular school? Is that uh, something that drove you to choose your school? And uh, is is the UK sort of you know a place where you see more diversity than say in the in the states where it tends to be more Americans going for business school? So uh, that wasn't necessarily a factor in me choosing uh, this particular school or this geography to come to an MBA, right? Like uh, have, having the person to work with a more diverse class was always something that would um, be an interesting factor, I would say. But that wasn't necessarily a deciding factor in me choosing a program. Um, and uh, again, um, you know, we can talk about uh, the diversity and how it plays into the FT rankings and how it's uh, utilized by the schools to kind of, you know, um, work their way towards the top of the leaderboard. Um, so with that in mind, I'm pretty sure all the schools in the US as well, they get a pretty diverse class because uh, I have a lot of other friends who didn't go to the UK for their MBA. Uh, number of them went to the US, to various uh, schools in the US for their MBA. So, uh, I believe there's an equally diverse uh, student body in uh, those business uh, programs as well. Uh, so I, I don't see it as a massive differentiator, but what um, it, it did uh, give me was perspective on some of the cultures I hadn't worked with before, right? And some of the, um, I did learn how to work with certain cultures. Uh, for example, as the case pointed out, there's a big contingent of folks from Latin America. I hadn't had the pleasure of working with the folks from that part of the world before in my professional life. So that definitely gave me some new perspectives and, uh, you know, helped me connect uh, with them and understand where they're coming from um, business-wise and uh, how does the work ethic uh, work in those nations. So that's that's a very good point, right? Like I came to the MBA because like KS and you, one of the things I wanted was to meet sort of interesting and, and like-minded people who, uh, you know, were as driven and had uh, probably more uh, more ambitious plans than me. 
did either of you guys find uh, you know Rohit you touched on it a bit but do you find that you know the diversity card tends to be uh, exaggerated a bit and maybe business schools are not always recruiting for the right reasons um <laughs> yeah it's it's an interesting topic this whole question of diversity i i'm a strong proponent of of diverse populations but i think diversity for the sake of it and also diversity uh, along the lines of things like nationality for example i think oversimplify the kind of diversity um, of thought and experience maybe that is Correct. that is perhaps a bit more important so yeah i i i do think it's great that that business schools try to to create these environments that i suppose are quite artificial if you think about it unless you're working for yep. a global organization um you don't really you know come into contact on a day-to-day basis with people from from such vastly diverse backgrounds and experiences but it does create right. that pressure cooker environment where you have to adapt quickly and you know up tear your ability to to deal with and engage with people that, that just have different perspectives so um yeah i i did find and i know we're going to talk about this more i did find you know it, it seemed as though the 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 program um try to bring in diversity along the basis of where people came from um maybe they also you know try to look at people's job experiences and things like that as well but um I, yeah i think basing it solely on one metric is probably not is not the full picture that we want to we want to achieve um so yeah yeah I, you know it's it's not a perfect science but um yeah i think it has its benefits yeah and did you did you guys find yourself uh you know uh, walking away from all of it to even 10 years down the line looking back you know are are you better off for having learned the different ways and styles of uh you know working with uh, different kinds of people because i'll i'll be honest like you know i came from a us investment banking background and you know it's all about go 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 ra ra sort of get stuff done on time and and move on and you know i had even going into and i'd say well into the mba i had little patience or suffering for <laughs> you know fools and uh there there were moments where during the mba i i know i i probably lost my shit and i'd say not not inappropriate but you know egged my teammates beyond their comfort zones which i thought at the time was right because you know like you guys i wanted to achieve good grades and uh, get get the most out of the mba um i, I maybe i was a bit uh, altruistic to thinking that i was helping educate or uh, you know better my teammates uh, but looking back you know maybe there was a better way to do it and now i i think about it and in managing teams i've learned better to adapt to different styles and you know be more sensitive towards uh, people's different ways of working and so uh, looking back 10 years on i think i definitely benefited from it uh, I, i don't know how how you guys approached it because uh, definitely during the mba itself i i can say that i was purely clouded by a us investment banking approach to to things through it 
Yeah, so I, th- I think it's a mixed bag, right? Like as you said, there were definitely learnings for. Um, I'm pretty sure for each and everybody who was part of the program, in how to deal with different personalities in um, in a time restrictive, pressured environment, right? So everybody probably took something out of that. Uh, but I think uh, Kesha touched on a very important thing where he said this artificial environment, right? So uh, I, I think that's why it's a mixed bag because you can have the learnings, but how much of that can you take and apply in real life, right? Not, not really. It's not like for like comparison. When you step back into the business world, um, there are other levers you can use to manage different personalities and work with them. But those are not necessarily available to you during the MBA program because. But that's interesting, right? Because the, and this is maybe also where I sort of differed with some of my classmates. Like I, I always viewed business school as sort of a, an uh, an incubator or a safe environment, but a way to test the real business world and and that's what i told my uh, teammates in many instances i was like if you guys can't deal with it or push yourself you know here then how are you going to deal with it outside isn't the idea of uh, you know coming here to to test yourself against the best and and then take that lesson out into the real world and that's that's sort of for me it was a simulation of the real world because you know maybe i was the the asshole classmate that sort of did the wrong things or pushed people the wrong way but you know what if you went out and you got uh, an, another boss to do the same thing and uh, what would you do in in the real world environment there that's that's sort of how i viewed it at least yeah so that's uh, that's an idealistic view in my, i would say in my opinion right because um, in the outside world let's say if you're working for a large corporate you can't do some of the things uh, you can do in the safety of an MBA program, right? Like in a, let's say, let's take an example of a group project. Um, sometimes you'll find somebody has other things going on and they may not be fully focused. That could happen at work as well. But at work, I think uh, the the stakes are higher for folks. So it's uh, a different uh, mindset, I guess. Mm. Uh, at least that's been my experience uh, during the MBA and after. Is is the stark difference I noticed, right? So people approach things very differently in the corporate world. Versus how some people approach uh, things during an MBA program. Yes, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, it's, I, I don't know. I find, I find it's a hard one to be honest. Um, I, I do think that certainly for me, I became a lot more aware of myself uh, as a result of the MBA and the way that I approach things, and I, I probably through. You know, through experiences like like both of you have described, um, started to develop a personal brand and a way of doing things. Uh, I think as a consequence of of that environment, that I have taken into my into my job, um, that I probably wouldn't have developed if I hadn't gone through an MBA. Uh, and and it's, it's it's really hard to pick through pick through my personality and style of working and figure out what those things are in particular, but. I think, you know, facing, you know, colleagues who were really tough, um, others who were a lot more relaxed, <laughs> you know. You never had the pleasure of being on the team with me, no? <laughs> yeah, but you know, but you hear the stories, right? You hear from, because you know, you guys know how it was in the NBA. It was like, it was like a soap opera, right? I mean, you, you just, you hear from every... What? There were stories about me? <laughs> 
Nobody told me. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I mean, the, the the legends of different groups, you know, um, carried on. You know, people would hear about incidents, and 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 you know, there would be lots of reactions to it. So, um, yeah, I think that um, it, it, without realizing, I, I probably have changed, and it really informed the way I approach things now um, in in the real world. But I do think, again, like coming up against people who haven't done an MBA, it makes me really sort of step back and appreciate that experience because there, you know, there are some people who have spent you know years and years and years and decades developing their careers. And still, for some reason, don't have that extra. I don't know what it is, um, and maybe I'm selling the idea of an MBA here. But that that, that just mm. that extra ability to, I don't know, bring things together, communicate ideas, um, you know, think big picture, think strategy. Um, you know, I, I know I know that sounds really cliched <laughs> and I'm like a bit like it's like some a bit of bullshit, but I do kind of feel like people who haven't done MBAs um, in many cases don't don't approach things in the same way that, that I think that I would or that, that perhaps you would. Fair enough. That's that's an interesting point, right? Did you expect, uh, you know, when when I joined the MBA, I had done six years of experience already in the real world. And I came to the MBA expecting, you know, a similar level of experience, a similar level of, you know, broader understanding. Uh, again, maybe a bit naively, I was expecting a degree of, you know, as you said, big picture uh, approach to things rather than, you know, very uh, narrow sort of focused approaches. And and in many instances, you know, I, I, I was even sometimes surprised that, uh, some of my teammates didn't know how to use PowerPoint or weren't as fluent with Excel and uh, things that I, I almost took a second nature six years into into uh, experience. But obviously now stepping back, I realized that, you know, not everyone uses PowerPoint and Excel on a day to day basis. So that was a bit naive. But again, there were there were certain skills that were lacking that I would have thought mm. six years, seven years into into experience heading to business school, you'd, you'd have those basics yeah. at least. Uh, I'll, I'll come to a story, but, you know, open to either of you to reflect on that part yeah i mean i i i think that i definitely had expectations of people's level of i, I think more than anything else my expectation was people's work ethic <laughs> and approach to work i think i struggled yes. with that the most probably um I mean, there were people whose whose Excel skills were just like off the charts, right? Like power users, like yourself. I mean, some of the guys. Like, I, I think I feel like the, all the people from Japan um, just knew how to like use Excel exceptionally well. Um, and you know, there were other other types of skills. But yeah, I, I think just like the commitment to getting stuff done, um, being thorough, being honest as well. Um, you know, I, I, I think I was taken aback by by experiences of people just just lying about stuff and 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 fudging and tell them. <laughs> you, I'm sure you guys know some of these stories, but um, yeah, people just just not being um, just not having the kind of integrity, I suppose, that I think that I bring to things. And and again, maybe yeah maybe it's just different maybe it's just uh, you know different um people's different backgrounds and and, and their you 
know, coming up in the world means that they don't have to approach things in that same kind of way. But I, str- I really struggled with, with, um, with, with work ethic and, and how that differed. Rohit? Yeah, like, so you spoke about the Excel skills and PowerPoint and stuff. So th- that didn't really bother me as much, right? Because I think that's the function of uh, the industry and the job function Correct. they work in. There were folks who were from probably a non-financial uh, background, right? Like we had folks with HR background, these folks from marketing, um, pharma, all, all kinds of background, right? Like not all areas and job functions lend themselves to the use of uh, the Microsoft Office suite, yep. uh, suite of products. So, <laughs> that was uh, less of a worry, but um, I think what became clear for me early on is you want to work with people who have a good uh, work ethic, but also who you can learn something from, right? Like you can teach them something and you can learn something from them and uh, they have a similar work ethic to you so that uh, you don't end up uh, wasting time earning out different working styles just because we didn't have the luxury of time back then right on the group projects classes whatever so if um, one was able to minimize working out that whole project management and admin piece of working together that generally helped so i kind of focused on that after my very first project when i learned that that's something that's important and uh, that kind of uh, helped through the rest of the mba i would say Project management is good, right? Because you always have so many juggling priorities during the MBA. Uh, just just to take a step back, when you guys got there, <laughs> did you have specific plans on things you wanted to achieve? And, uh, you know, was it all about the lessons? Uh, for, because I'll give you an example. When I, when I went to the MBA, I had sort of five or six things that I wanted to take away from the MBA. You know, one being to, to finish uh, the MBA with a distinction, the other to be actively involved in, uh, you know, social clubs or student council. Number three was extracurricular activities like all these case competitions, blah, blah, blah. So I had like four or five of these things on, on my list to, to sort of what I would call walk away with a more um, well-rounded MBA. Did you guys go in with stuff like that during the MBA? And, and again, did it live up to it? Uh, maybe Rohit, start with you. Yeah, so uh, I had a couple of things I wanted to get out of the MBA. One was um, to have the opportunity to work on different interesting projects, right? And um, I guess we can all concur. We mostly got that through how the program yep. was designed. And that was like one of the big draws of this program for me, right? So that was one, uh, to try and uh, work on projects which in areas that I hadn't been exposed to before. So that was a take. The other thing I went in expecting was something at the end of the MBA where I wanted to switch careers. Uh, that that wasn't as much of a take for me from this MBA program. And uh, I guess it's a combination of the program, the location of the school, and just the wider geography where, um, you know, the markets just operate yeah. differently compared to somewhere like the US. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the overriding objective for me, the, the thing I wanted to get out of an MBA program was I I really wanted to rebrand myself as um, as a global executive. I wanted to be, I wanted to have the skills 
to function at a global level. I, I'd always been frustrated, I think, and felt a little bit pigeonholed in previous roles where it just felt very local or very regional. And I just always had an appetite mm. for things that were quite global. So when I came into the MBA, one of the things that attracted me to, to Manchester in particular was that there was a requirement uh, at the time to improve a second language. Um, and I, you know, I'd, I'd always been um, a French speaker and wanted to really improve that, um, particularly in a business sense, because I saw it as, you know, it could be a, a differentiator for me. Um, almost as soon as the program started, I realized that they'd stopped offering that or stopped, make, stopped making it a requirement. And so that, that was a bit disappointing. Mm. Um, but I also wanted to develop strong connections to and understandings of um, developing fast, fast developing countries. So you, you think back to like you know, 2006, 2007, 2008, um, at least from where I sat, the story was the BRICS, right? And I wanted, yep. I very much wanted to, to develop relationships with people from India and from China. Um, because I just saw strategically that I would need to know how to do business with those countries, with people in those countries. Um, and, and I, I, you know, I, I wanted to develop those skills, um, you know, not you know, beyond learning the language, which I never really tried to pursue, but just, um, why were those two countries in particular growing so fast and what would it take to do well, um, when dealing with, with business people from those two countries? Um, and then I just, you know, I wanted to put myself on a path to being a senior, uh, a senior leader, an executive, a CEO, you know, somebody that makes decisions in, in organizations. That's, that's what I really wanted to get out of the program as well. And do you think it, it got you some of those Yeah, I uh, think skills? that I, um, yeah, I think, I think I'm definitely a lot more aware of the world and aware of you know the, the the way the ways business are done business is done and and, and the trends and, and and things that are that are developing in various um you know important parts of the world as a consequence of the mba i think it just it just it just opened up my eyes and made me aware of of what was going on in different places i think the relationships that i've developed i think more so with people um from from india i would say um more than than china it's funny because when i in my undergrad i i developed relationships with, with, with chinese people i have two really good friends from china and then from the mba you know i have, I have a, quite a number of good friends from india i just have this curiosity about about those countries and um so i'm always asking questions about you know what, what's going on in, in, those, in those countries so yeah i got that but in terms of um being a senior leader, I think it's ha having the gravitas, having the um, thought process, the way of speaking, the way of gravitas. Yeah, I you know, because I mean, again, you you look at people in organizations, and there are just some people who you, the the way they enter a room, the way they answer questions, the way they even write an email, um, they just position themselves as somebody to listen to, and. Um, I think I've gotten some of that from the MBA. I think I think you come in with some of that already, if that's kind of your personal style. But I think putting yourself in that, you know, like we said, artificial environment and really sharpening your axe a bit, um, 
puts you in a, in a different um, in a different category. I mean, could it have been stronger or better potentially? Um, but yeah, I, I think I think I got some of that. Interesting point around uh, uh, you know the kind of people and you know the way they answer emails and yeah. enter rooms and things. Do you, uh, I definitely went to the MBA expecting to meet uh, a lot mm. more people like that. And, you know, that's based on stuff I had read in the press, in books and things like that. Um, did you feel, did either of you feel you met people, uh, you know, like that during the MBA? Were there a few classmates or more than a few classmates that, that stood out like that? Uh, of course, barring uh, <laughs> present company excluded, uh, you know, were, were there other people like that? So I would say there were there were a handful of people who kind of uh, displayed that executive presence, right, and uh, um, who you would want to listen to. But it was, uh, as you said, there was an expectation to meet a lot of those folks. Uh, it was uh, I was underwhelmed by the number of such folks in the program. Mm. Yeah, I think I would agree to some extent. I think <laughs> I think the Hollywood or the um, conventional understanding of what an MBA is that everybody in that program is just like at the top of their game. They you know they they just kind of come in with a certain level of acumen and ability and presence. And yeah, there were some people who really stood out for me in that in that respect. Um, that I think I admired and learned from, um, but I think I think to, to Rohit's point, there were probably more people who seem to be still kind of figuring out, figuring themselves out, figuring out their profile, you know, their personal brand, um, and having to deal with just the stress of the MBA. So people who may have, you know, otherwise been a bit more professional or you know stood out in a certain way might have struggled with just the intensity of the program. So were we victims of uh, good MBA marketing? You know, yeah. uh, you talked about the Hollywood influence. Was it was it a case of just uh, MBA programs promoting themselves uh, better than they are? Because it's interesting, like I always had this impression of, you know, people like the Bill Gates yeah. and the Zuckerbergs who leave business schools to go yeah. start their business. And, uh, you know, I think we had a few from our class who have gone and done that. But again, was it a case we came in with too many expectations, having seen all of this in the broader press? I think there is a degree of uh, that for sure, where, you know, you sort of uh, romanticize this idea of uh, the MBA will open all these infinite doors for you. But at the end of the day, when you get in, you, you find there are people with anywhere from four years to maybe 10, 15 years of experience, right? Uh, mostly on the smaller number of years of experience uh, for the vast majority of the class. And everybody's just trying to figure out the same things, right? How can they elevate what they were doing, learn a few management approaches, take a strategic view on things and uh, learn and improve their soft skills and then go back into the business world and try and uh, step up their game from there. Um, nobody's kind of uh, seen that part of uh, the career which happens after the MBA before they come to the program, right? So uh, in, in hindsight, that's what I realized. So all that uh, 
aura that is created in uh, popular culture and social media around an MBA. Uh, that's not entirely true, I would say. So that's something anybody who's considering a program should keep in mind, right? Like, uh, think of where you are coming from. You'll have 100, 200, however big the classes, equal number of people mm. from a similar sort of uh, a similar sort of stage in their careers in a different industry, different job function, coming to achieve similar sort of goals. Mm. Yeah, I, yes. I you know as Rohit was speaking, the the phrase that came to mind for me was that not all MBAs are created the same, right? Not all, not all programs are created the same. <laughs> and the label, no, but You're it's true, like the label of MBA, to me, um, you know, you, you think of the Harvard Business Schools and the Stanford's and the LBS's and the NCR's, et cetera, and, and you just think, you know, you know, to, you know, to some degree, you think that if some, if, if a program has that label, that it is going to be, uh, of a certain caliber and I've uh, you know I've thought about this a lot since leaving and people have said this to me as well that the level of instruction the content etc is probably similar again across the top tier um, you know middle to top tier of, of programs what really makes the difference is the ecosystem of the, of the of the MBA like literally where is it located in the world like what city is it located in what's around that city are there lots of tech companies and finance companies and you know, what else is going on around mm. it? Are there interesting people coming to lecture and come to campus? And, you know, it's all that stuff, I think, that makes it, that, that can make it a program that really stands out and delivers on all of those things that we were looking for. Um, because, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just all those things. It's the people that come come to enroll in the program. It's, you know, the buildings, it's, you know, what city is it located in and what's going on in that city. And um, I think all that stuff really matters. Do you think it adds to sort of uh, <coughs> a superiority complex? Because uh, I'll tell you the story. The reason why I say it is because, you know, we have a very uh, popular competing school in, in London, a name, the, yeah. the school I won't name, but, you know, highly ranked and very popular. And, uh, you know, it feels like the students that go there yeah. think their shit don't stink. But when we went to Amsterdam to participate, actually Rotterdam to participate in, in a private equity competition, we were up against them in sort of the final rounds. And um, uh, there were four other school, five other schools. And, you know, we, we beat them all out. And every other school from around the world came up to us and said, well done, congratulations, mm -hmm. you know, good job on winning. This one particular school, the, the students didn't bother <laughs> to come up and congratulate us. And it sort of was like, do you guys really think you're that superior that nobody else yeah. can beat you? You know, I mean, again, I've heard stories from other MBA programs where people talk about the level of instruction and, you know, the yeah. type of coursework they're doing. And it, it didn't sound very different to what we were taught or, you know, what we went through. It's just does all this extra uh, bit of the kind of lecturers, you know, the, 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 the rankings or the city you're in, does all of that add to the aura that makes you uh, a better MBA versus a not so better MBA? Because at the end of the day, for me, it comes down to, you know, personality and, and how you leave the school mm -hmm. and what you can do with it as opposed to, uh, you know, wh where, the, wh where you went to school. I, I, yeah, I think that, um, 
I, yeah, I think there is a branding element of it and uh, a, a legend, you know, that is kind of a myth. Yeah, like a mythology, legend, you know, yes. that's, that is created around some of these places that seems to take on a life of its own. And then it just sort of it, it becomes self-fulfilling, you know, because people think it's great and great people go there and it just it just kind of develops in that in that way. Um, yeah, I, I think there is an element of of a good story being told and, 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 and branding and people buying into it as well and perhaps the culture that that develops. I mean, you think about like the organizations we've worked for and people outside of the organization having all these perceptions about it, but, you know, we can tell the true story because we've worked there, you know? Uh, we can sort of dispel yeah. the myths and dispel the legends. Um, but, you know, they'll still continue to have those, those legends because and I think that has a bearing on you know Absolutely. recruitment as well because Roy touched on it uh, beforehand about uh, having possibly a career change when he <laughs> came to the MBA likewise I did too but obviously the school you go to and the kind of companies that come there uh, have a bearing on where you end up in many ways and also um, it feels like companies have a, a particular bias towards, mm. you know, particular schools. Because my first, my second job out of the MBA, uh, the the company I worked for, they they tried hard to, uh, you know, have this exclusive list of schools that they went to. And even if you tried to change their thinking, it was like, well, why should we go there, sort of thing. So. Uh, I think ultimately it has a bearing on on sort of recruitment and and I particularly found that to be a challenge during our MBA in, in terms of what I wanted to achieve out of it and I think Rohit touched on it but what was uh, both your experiences of, of the whole you know career search and recruitment process? Rohit? So yeah I'm just uh... <laughs> You have a lot to say on it. Reflecting <laughs> No, I'm just reflecting on uh, some things you said, right? Because um, I concur uh, on a, a few of those points. Uh, I think uh, the alumni network of the school and the location both play an important part. Uh, for example, um, I know a lot of folks in our MBA class were interested in getting into uh, the financial services sector, right? But the school was up in Manchester. So what a lot of folks had to do was go down to London and meet meet the folks in the city yeah. and uh, you know get their network going right compare this to a school that's based in london so there's the city university based in the city of yeah. london right people just had much easier access to all these uh, different bankers and uh, you know you could go and uh, meet folks at the end of the workday really quickly you didn't have to worry about missing classes or you know sacrificing travel time to get there etc so it's, it's it's a small thing right but it all adds up over the course of a year or two uh, how easy it is to access folks from the industries you want to get into right and then uh, conversely when uh, when all these companies want to hire mm-hmm. um, you know out of sight out of mind their first uh, choice of schools is the ones around the corner the ones who they see every yeah. day right 
um, you might get some alumni working in those uh, banks or those companies who will be quoted by the career services to come and talk to students and maybe even uh, bring recruiters right. to uh, come there. But it's not as strong as being based in that ecosystem as uh, Kia said earlier, right? So that, that plays a big part. Uh, the second uh, part is about the alumni network and sort of a vicious circle, right? So um, you have an alumni network from the business school so, and uh, they'll all have uh, varying degrees of engagement with the school. The ones who've had a pleasant experience and met, got their uh, managed to achieve their career objectives, they'll be much more engaged with the school because, in part, they contribute that success to yeah. the school, right? So uh, they'll go back to the school, they'll engage actively, they'll bring more jobs to the school. Um, conversely, if uh, there are folks who haven't had that good an experience with the school, they may not make take that. Uh, extra they may not make that extra effort to go and bring those opportunities back to the school right so it just becomes a vicious circle where the more unhappy folks you have leaving the mba program the the weaker your alumni network gets so i i guess those are some considerations uh, in terms of the career services and recruitment not to say that there's no recruitment right like um, but don't you Schools, don't uh, you think, don't you think most people like, you know, five, seven, ten years on sort of, even if they've left, <coughs> quote unquote, unhappy, don't they sort of get over it and get, you know, a degree of attachment to the school? Because I've seen many of our classmates and many alumni engage quite positively with the school. Not everyone can take back, a, you know, a job opportunity to the school, but engage in different ways, either through uh, networking or you know mentoring or even just going back to school to speak isn't there a case of a lot of that and that covers yeah yeah there is there absolutely is right like uh, nobody holds a grudge because it's not really a grudge but uh, um, let's say I'll take an example here right like let's say 40% of our class wanted to get into finance right and a lot of these were career changes uh, but if the school didn't enable that at the time they're probably stuck in different sectors now, right? So the jobs they will take back will be from the sectors they work with. They won't be finance jobs. That's what I meant to say when I said like it's sort of a vicious circle, right? Like if you're not able to get people into the industries that they want to get into, which is one of the objectives of the MBA, um, that sort of multiplier effect doesn't happen further down the road. Yeah. Because then those folks will be in the industries where they originally were. And those are the jobs they'll be able to offer to the current MBA students, and the projects would be from those yeah. industries. But you, like you can't you can't uh, rely on your alumni network to influence what kind of jobs are coming in as career services. Yeah, of course. And but look, K, and KS is a very good example in this, right? Because he came to the MBA, and you know, he he had a good background, he had good experience, uh, but he he did exactly <coughs> what you said was a challenge because he's landed up a job at you know now he's pretty senior up but he's landed a job at you know one of the largest financial institutions uh, in the world and you know very recognized brand name and uh, i'll let you talk about it but obviously he overcame all of those challenges of, you know not being in the city still having to network and and you know commute or or find other ways to to get that position so Matthias, what was what, what's your stance on that? I, i'm going to be honest with you i think there i think there is an element of luck involved in all of this because 
Well, oh, I mean, don't I, don't say that. <laughs> all, all the prospective MBAs are going to be not going to be signing I, up to business. When I say luck, luck, I mean I I do think that there is a degree of preparation and 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 personal um, resilience and and just having a, 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 an outlook that that allows you to keep going. But to be honest, you know, I mean. Were there all strong candidates that interviewed? I think probably. Um, you know, I don't want to downplay. You know, what what I put forward and, and was, was was able to allow me to to get the the internship and ultimately the job. But um, I just think it's really it's really tough out there, and there's a lot of competition. There are more and more people um, signing up for MBAs and, and looking for jobs in in, in the same sectors so um you know it is it is a hard jump to uh to kind of make into a new career um because you know i i think and it's it's just challenging because people perhaps think that the mba will will provide that secret sauce or that differentiator that advantage to allow them to make that uh, to make that change and in reality it, it doesn't seem to me that it happens and I don't have the statistics to support this but it doesn't seem as though it happens as often as people would perhaps like for it to happen um, yeah I mean I I was able to interview and, and, and get the job and, and, and change careers but I think also I was able to sell my prior experience in such a way that it made sense um for what i was trying to do and that's also not the easiest thing in the world to do as well because you know people are people and and you know try you know being sold on the idea of somebody completely switching their career um and and you know the dots don't line up for them i think is is what people um trying to change careers end up facing is you know people just aren't convinced or you know for whatever reason they want to go with somebody that has has a track record and i think that's unfortunate um that, that's one of the unfortunate things that you don't really see before you enroll in an mba is that people <laughs> people tend to lean on track record a lot um you know more than they probably would have yep Yeah, look, I mean, in you said luck, and right, and I've always been taught from a young age, luck equals uh, mm-hmm. opportunity plus plus preparation. And you know, you, you touched on preparation that, that you prepared well for an interview. You did what you needed to to take advantage of that opportunity. We we talked about you know maybe some of our classmates and even in other MBAs, people sort of not grabbing the opportunity or taking sort of taking it uh almost in a relaxed way that yeah. oh i'm at the mba so i'll get this job without really putting the effort into it i think i've seen that in some of the interviews even uh you know as a manager when i've managed teams and had to interview prospective candidates i've seen mbas come in thinking that uh, oh i'm an mba from so and so school yeah. so i'm definitely going to land this job and boom, fall flat on their face in the interview. So I I think there is a degree of that. On the career change, look, I I came in with that aspiration too. And, you know, it didn't work out. But I have to say, I also took a pragmatic and flexible approach because a, a lot of our classmates, and this is on Rohit's point, came in 
wanting to get into financial services but also financial mm-hmm. services only in the UK and they weren't willing to expand mm-hmm. or you know broaden their reach so when when i when we finished the program in whatever it was march or april i st- and and i didn't have a role i started expanding my reach around the world and you know network here there everywhere and by june i had three offers around hong kong dubai and singapore and yes it was in the uk but i was now flexible enough to go and pick up any of these offers um, down the road and yeah i mean again maybe i sacrificed a bit on my aspiration to change careers but do you think people get stuck up on their on their sort of one fixated goal when they come in and that that's a hindrance as well i i think on the opportunity piece and uh, finding the right opportunities um i think there in lies a bit of a difference on the geography where you choose your mba program right something we touched on in the last episode is uk versus us so i think uh, different markets uh, view the mbas slightly differently correct um for i imagine if i had gone to the us my experience would have been vastly different in terms of switching careers and similar for everybody else who was trying to do that right because um and uh having spoken to a number of uh, my classmates from the MBA and other MBA folks from other business schools in the UK a common theme emerges around track record mm. i think there's a more, more weightage based on that in the UK rather mm. than the MBA whereas you don't find as much of that in the US where MBA is definitely yeah. a skill set that uh, holds uh, much more weight when you know you go out back into the business world to interview for roles that that does play a significant role in the UK barring a few employers few global empl- employers a lot of uh, folks in the UK don't really view Correct. the MBA as such i found uh, with my experience and a lot of other folks experiences so that is where they look for a track record right and that's where it becomes uh, that much uh, more difficult to get those opportunities to switch careers that's a really good point irrespective of how prepared how yep. prepared you are so you know that's something to keep in and, mind and the uk well. is generally a smaller market right versus the the scope and the scale of the us in terms of absorbing employer employees from all these business schools i think that the us has so many more opportunities and so much more potential than yeah. e- the uk and even europe probably altogether yeah and uh, you know what i also found was it was mostly the uh, big american uh, blue chip companies who were willing to uh, look at the mba mm-hmm. rather than the previous track record when interviewing candidates whereas the british companies i found had a more traditional approach uh, to experience hires correct all right guys i know we're we're sort of we've had a long discussion so i'm going to put two more questions out there and then you know we'll we'll call it a day but uh first question uh most fun memory from the mba for either <laughs> of you for both of you actually may oh, start God, with uh, case at the choose one um ah oh. I wouldn't call it I wouldn't call it one particular memory. Um okay, I'm going to cheat and I'm going to give you two. So <laughs> I think I think okay, the I think the thing the, the one memory that I have that really resonates for me 
um, as the kind of start of the MBA for me was the first Diwali night that I attended where we had this fashion show or whatever and you know I got a really good reaction from these people like I didn't know anybody and I just kind of put myself out there and I just felt this energy shift in the whole experience for me because up to that point I was still an unknown person <laughs> um, and I think that was kind of my introduction to the to the, to the group um, so yeah so that was yeah, that was, yes. I, and I looked at that picture we a lot because it, it really was like when things shifted for me, I think, in the NBA. Um, but I think the other thing I'm going to mention, it's not one memory, but I think it's just all the stuff that I did with you guys and Noah and, 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 and Christine and just that group. Like, I feel like I, I really don't um, remember uh, stuff I did with other people. I think <laughs> the group of people that I became close with and the stuff we did, the road trips and the parties and hot pots at people's houses and whatever i think because you know snowy ice i just feel like you know <laughs> that stuff to me was Ooh. just what really made it, what made it special <laughs> for me. Yeah. and for those of you listening who don't know what snowy ice is it is <laughs> the thing in manchester you have to go check out in chinatown if you're going to manchester i think there's mbs <laughs> and there's snowy ice that's that's about it right uh Rohit, uh your most fun memory yeah, so I think uh, Kia kind of stole one from what, me, so I'll, go, I'll pick a different one. Um, no, not the fashion show, of course. I wasn't <laughs> part of that. So, uh, not as good looking as Kia as the money PT. But uh, the one I was going to mention was uh, Brate. That was uh, kind of a fun, unique uh, experience, right? Normally, like, essentially it was two-day residential team building sort of course which is very common like yeah. when you work in big teams and corporates right but uh here everybody had just landed nobody knew anybody and to go there and use that and use that as an opportunity to bond together and get to know yeah. 150 of your classmates that was uh, that was quite fun and quite unique and i think that kind of set the stage for the next 18 months mm-hmm. so that's uh, something i fondly remember as nice. a fond memory for and, the uh, for for you, Rohit, now my last question. Uh, what if you had advice? Uh, before we get before we get to the last question, what I was your most fun memory? I already mentioned it. Uh, it was going to Rotterdam, uh, participating in that private equity competition, <laughs> actually beating the shit out of all these other business schools, and then you know seeing seeing the expression on the faces of that particular. Uh, team from this uh, school in the UK and you know the, the smirk on my face at the time probably said it all but it for me stood out as, uh, as sort of one of my happiest or proudest moments I know it's sadistic but I had a I had I had a yeah lot, I was gonna I say like you have a just a sense of opportunities and you know some of it is a blur because you know you also touched on all the parties we had and you know I, I case you talked about the hot pots and everything they it was a lot of fun all of it was great but again coming into the mba and you know having these ambitions and goals and wanting to pit yourself against the best that for me was was sort of what it was all about and when we were able to beat that school and frankly nobody gave us a shot at at that competition and you know when we walked away it was it was very very satisfying i would say um 
so yeah that was that was one of the highlights for me i mean it's come on guys it's a two-year program and you guys will attest there were so many positive things there was so much fun uh the 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 memories and the friends and everything we walked away with (coughs) was great uh but yeah that somehow just stands out for me um uh, last question from me uh, if you guys were both to reflect back and you know give someone coming into an MBA advice on their time during the MBA what would you say you can maybe start with you <sighs> this time yes. okay so somebody coming into the MBA uh, what advice would I give them um, gosh this is a really tough question I suppose I would say that it's really important to uh, to have a clear have a clear objective of, of what you want to get out of the MBA and to just keep that in mind as you go through because you meet people with really strong personalities, really strong goals for their own lives and I think it's easy to start to doubt the reasons why you're there um, why you know why you've done it who your person you know what your personality is what you want out of life you know you may have come into the MBA and really wanted to to you know excel in a marketing career and then all of a sudden everybody's trying to get a job in finance and you know everyone's trying to do that and you know consulting or whatever um, so I think yeah having a having a really clear idea of what's important to you um, will, will help prioritize the way you spend your time, the people that you ultimately meet, um, how much energy you put into uh, you know, your career search. Everything, I think, aligns to having a, a clear objective for having started in the first place. Nice. Good, good words of advice. Uh, Rohit? Yeah. In, in addition to what Kia said, uh, I'll add a couple of other things, right? So, one, before uh, finalizing a program, talk to as many people as you can, right? Recent graduates, current students, people who passed out a good few years ago, try and understand if the school will actually help you meet your objectives or not. So, do take the time to do a very thorough research and speak to as many people as you can before you commit to it right then case already had some good advice on what to do during the program um, and one last uh, bit of advice I'd give is once you leave the program take those uh, relationships and network uh, with you right like that will stand you in good stead throughout your life because you know you leave the MBA program it's not done right like that network everybody will go on yep. to be successful in their own ways some people will become very prominent individuals so you know that network is always there for you to leverage on for the rest of your career and perhaps after that as well so uh, do keep that in mind make the effort to stay connected with people Uh, because you know once you get back into the business world it's very easy to get busy you know in your work life comes in the way and people lose touch but do make an effort to keep that network alive via Facebook <laughs> you sound like a boomer now. Yeah, thanks, guys. I I agree. Look, and for me, I would say it's uh, you know during the MBA, 
have a great time have fun a lot of people go in and sort of uh, you know focus purely on the classes or get too bored bogged down with the job hunt but make the most of your time it's it's time away from sort of the work environment in a, it's professional but you know maximize it sort of step out of your comfort zone as you said you know really test yourself in in many different ways and uh, get involved in different aspects of the MBA and be it walking down an aisle on a fashion show or you know participating in student council or you know do, doing different things participating in events and 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 other things and that will help you develop your personality but also as rohit said will will help you expand your network and you know get you known and and recognized down the line as well for someone who sort of you know um embodied what the mba is all about it's it's not just about the classes it's about everything else that develops the 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 entire personality so that would be my advice mm. i think guys that's that's a good way to conclude <laughs> we uh we we've covered a lot of topics on this episode and uh you know we're we're two in we'll we'll probably do one reflecting back 10 years on from the mba on you know your objectives and how they were met and things like that but we'll save that for next week so until then thanks okay, thank and you. adios bye bye